Hi guys, it's me Paula and I pray and thank you so much for being on my podcast. I'm back on my platform again and hopefully this is going to be a blessing to you. Let's just pray right now. Father, Lord, we come before you. We thank you, Lord. I thank you for everyone on this podcast who's listening right now, Father. I thank you, Lord. We we come before you, Lord Jesus, and we break off churchism, churchianity. I break off spirits that, that have hindered uh, people, the body of Christ that you love, Lord, that have hindered them from walking in the fullness of your spirit, Lord. We are called to fight the good fight of faith in 1 Timothy 1.8 and 19. Lord, you told us in your word, Holy Spirit, come right now. Be with us on this podcast, Lord, to contend for the faith, to tell others about you, Lord. Lord, you told us we are to fight against this world. In this world, we will have trouble, but take heart. You said that you, Jesus, have overcome the world in John 16, 33. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith to everyone who is born again, child of God, 1 John 5, 4, and 5. So Father, in Jesus' name, we commit this time to you. Thank you for being on this podcast, Holy Spirit, with us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about something that I really had never heard of before, but I was doing it. <laughs> it's it's actually funny to me because uh, the Holy Spirit is amazing. He's just incredible. He leads and guides us. And he was leading and guiding me this past year to someone, a writer, I didn't even know who she was, named Leanne Payne, uh, and was learning to hear God's voice by keeping a prayer journal. I thought, that sounds kind of corny, really. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I've been journaling my whole life, and that's how I learned to write, really. And and even as a teacher, I taught journaling, you know, to my class. But when I started journaling, it was right after I had come to Christ, and I was very young, and I was in my prayer closet one day, and, and I was praying, and I just began to write what impressions, what the Lord was showing me in the Spirit. Um, I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I began to write and just wrote and wrote. Now, it ended up, I tell, telling on my age here, that was around 1980, but I had journals from the, uh, like on the floor to the ceiling. I had written and written and written and written and written and written, all what I call letters from God, really, to my heart. And so this journaling and prayer is what helped me to hear God's voice and learn to listen to the Spirit of the Lord in my spirit. So I wasn't relying so much on others coming and prophesying over me ever. In fact, that really didn't happen to me very much. But I was knowing my gift as a minister, really a pastor and leader, um, to help others. But I was growing in that. I was growing in it. I was in St. Louis, Missouri at the time. And I was learning how to grow in this. So those are my early days. And I was keeping this prayer journal. Basically, I would get into the Word. I would just... I would just humbly open the word of God and say, Holy Spirit, come and teach me your word, unfold the word to me and enlighten me. And he would. And then I would praise God and then I would intercede and I would have personal prayer requests, but I would commit my ways to the Lord. The Bible says in, in Proverbs 16, 3, it says, commit your works unto the Lord. And I would, I would, the Lord would begin to reveal his word to me and open his word. The Bible says that we're to, I ate those words and they were delightful to my heart in Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, And it says the word of the Lord stands forever in First Peter 1, 22 and 25. So um, part of that time of prayer was Thanksgiving. I was learning that I had to say thanks, you know, Psalms 50, 14 and 15. 
I was to commit to the Lord, but give thanks. So part of learning to walk with the Lord is is listening, okay? But giving thanks is a big vital part of what he's done for you. If you spend a lot of your time, you know, um, not listening to God, and you find that you're not fruitful, you're not blooming, things aren't happening in your life, you, you need to go back. If it's silent, I call that darkness or dark fruit, you're not blooming, you're not fruitful, it means you're not, things aren't ripe in your life. And some of your fruit may have holes in it. Some of your fruit might be rotten even. It's hanging on the vine a little too long. Um, Some of your fruit is not ripe. It's not mature, okay? So we want to be fruitful in our lives. We want to fulfill our vows to the Lord. What is a vow? It's something that you've promised the Lord. Have you promised the Lord anything? You know, Hannah, she promised the Lord in 1 Samuel, I will give you my son. I will give you my firstborn. If you will give me a child, I will give him back to you. And believe me, our gal Hannah, she fulfilled her vow and the Lord gave her other children as well. So her vow was to give her child up to the Lord so that he might serve the Lord God. And we know Samuel was the product of that and he was the judge of Israel. And she literally had to take him when he was very young, once he was weaned, to the temple and give him to the priest there to raise him. And she visited him every year, but that was quite a sacrifice. So have you kept your vow to the Most High God? The Bible says this, if you have kept your vow to the Most High God, then you can call upon me, he says, in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. That is a promise from the Lord. Say thank you to the Lord. Offer up thanksgiving giving to the Lord. You know, in the Old old Covenant, they, they had special offerings, and that was praise for answers to their prayers. So I want to switch channels for just a minute over to another thought of an outer image or an appearance that we have that we put on in front of others. We all do it, but it's not within the presence of God. So when we have, we're walking with the Lord, we don't want to have a false presence. We want his presence, his anointing. We want to be with him in prayer. And we want to journal. We want to write down what the Lord is telling us. We want to, we want to have a place to record it, to write it down or record it on your phone. For me, it was writing. And so, so I want to say to you, we want to, we don't want to be walk, the walking dead church. We don't want to be whitewashed sepulchers. Jesus pointed out to the hypocrites of his day that they were just outwardly just putting on an impression. Christian or today would be that impression. But actually, the Lord is saying there was nothing in it but death. All right? We want to be alive. So intercession, coming before the Lord, is obeying the Lord and praying for others. You know, he said that this is pure religion. It wasn't hypo- hypocritical religion to take care of the widow and orphan, to keep yourself unstained from the world. That's pure religion to the Lord in his mind and heart. Think about that. Our focus is on God. You know, when some people come into prayer, and I've been praying for many years, you know, I have some some experience with this. But one thing that we, we don't do is we're not focusing on demons. We're not focusing on warfare. Right away when we go into prayer, if you've been on my prayer uh, uh, my prayer call with me, I want to start out with thanksgiving and praise. I want to start out with coming into the presence of the Lord even before the call and worshiping Him. That's number one. We want to write down everything the Lord has given to us. We want to rem- or at least remember, record it in some way. 
his word. So when you open up the word of God, it's going to be your access into hearing God's voice and knowing his voice. But listening prayer isn't talking. It's there's a part of, on your part to talk. But you know, oftentimes people are all whacked and focused on the wrong things. They they come before God and it's nervous prayer. They come before God and, and, and they just don't have any discipline in their lives. It's kind of hit or miss or whenever they can. Or, there's no real order to their lives. You know, the Bible says that we're to submit to those in authority over us. And so as a teacher of God's word, I want to make sure that you understand how important it is to these podcasts that you don't take them for granted. And you don't just say, well, it's free. I can just listen to it when I care, when I want to, whenever I care to. But you know what? God has anointed this broadcast for you. So take from it what you need and be informed. And let's learn how to pray spiritual intercession. But our focus should not be on dark powers. You know, many years ago, I was living up north and and I met with some of my friends and, and people who I mentored as well and in the Lord. And one young woman, I just loved her so much, Sarah, she had come to me, um, she had gone to Bible school and then finished her education and, you know, was traveling with a real big, well-known ministry around the world. And she said, Paula, we were in this one place, I think it was Brazil at the time, this was going way back. And she goes, I'm really disturbed about something I saw. And I said, well, what was it? And she was, as, as like an elder to her, she was sharing with me that these people were supposed to be like prophetic intercessors but she said, oddly enough, they were actually literally engaging with principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. Mentioned in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul mentions this. Um, I call them levels of devils. And they were focused on this, and they were actually thinking they needed spiritual warfare was engaging. And she goes, man, she goes, I, you know, she came from like me, a word background. And she said, this doesn't make any sense. Well, I was like, wow, people have lost their way somehow in the natural, in the physical realm. They have actually gotten off the mark and they've, they moved over into error. And I said, so how does that happen? Well, it's an attitude, but it's also a lack of knowledge of the word of God. It is really not knowing what God's word says. It is spiritual ignorance. And it's really, again, I call this um, illiteracy, like a Bible illiteracy. That's the only thing I can call it. Because the prayer that we pray is a prayer that is focused on the Lord. But first, you have to know who you are in Christ. As a reborn child of God, you have to know what did Jesus do about the devil. So it's a beginning in the book of beginning to start with Genesis. And you got to go through the whole Bible until the end to Revelation to understand the whole counsel of the word of God. God had a plan. Ephesians chapter one tells us to adopt us and make us children. But that plan was interrupted in the garden. So he said, I'm going to send my son, he's going to break the devil's lordship, the seed of a woman, the seed of a woman, break the devil's lordship. That's basically what he gave the first prophecy in the book of Genesis after our first spiritual parents, Adam and Eve fell. And what happened was God brought that, that answer to us, the Messiah, Jesus, he came to save us from our sins, but he had to find a holy seed, a holy line to bring him through. So it didn't happen for you know, several thousands of years, but it happened. When it happened, then he was able to conquer the devil through Jesus, his one and only son. 
the devil was conquered. He was defeated through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. If you don't know that, your focus will be off when you go into prayer. If you're in spiritual warfare, which spiritual warfare is real, the Bible, the spiritual warfare I'm talking about is resisting. You know what it means to resist something? It means to push against it, to stop it, to say no. And there's nowhere in the Bible where it says someone is going to do that for you. You resist the devil. You have to know it is the enemy. You have to know who your enemy is. And then you have to know who you are in Christ and that you have certain rights and privileges as a child of God. For instance, to use the name of Jesus, to use the word of God, the Holy Scripture, and to apply the blood of Jesus. You have spiritual warfare weapons that you use against an enemy you cannot see but who is defeated. So here's my problem with people who don't know the word of God is that they are being beat up by even things in their family that were passed down generationally, like, for example, iniquity that was sins. But you go, wait a minute, we don't need to confess those sins of our forefathers. No, I'm not saying we can pay for the sins of our forefathers. Jesus paid for it in his blood. That's done. I'm saying we have to enforce the devil's defeat who comes in to encroach upon you as a child of God. You have to resist that. You take authority over it before you can do that. You got to know what sins are in your family, and you have to look at that and say, "I renounce those sins. I I I do warfare against those. Lord, you are my Lord. I worship you, and I any way the devil can get in to encroach upon your rights and freedoms as a child of God, he will, because Jesus told us his nature, John ten ten, the thief. He will thieve, man. He will steal from you. Comes not before to kill, steal, and destroy. I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The devil is a defeated foe, but you have to enforce his defeat. It's not automatic. You still live in this natural world. You know, you have to come against him. You have to push him back and say, no, you've got you've to govern him and put him over there, resist him. And tell him you you are in Christ. But first, you got to be oh, you got to be like wholly sold out to God. So if you're not wholly sold out to Jesus, you're still kind of living kind of in the middle, still kind of playing some games with the world. He then has a right to attack you. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this again. If you are not in God, one hundred percent, the devil has a legal right to attack you, to attack your mind, to attack your emotions, to lie to you. But because you are not wholly sold out to God or you're ignorant of his devices, you will fall for him every time. And I'm here to stop that in Jesus' name. Do you want to grow up? Then take some notes right now and sit up and listen to the word of God because it's magnificent. You know, Jesus, he never missed it one time. He always did the same thing. Here's our model. We're to follow Jesus. You know, Jesus rebuked the devil. Jesus quoted the word of God. It is written and defeated him. Jesus did not walk into a town to minister and uh, got, you know, uh-oh, demons are here. What are we going to do? Jesus confronted them and cast them out. He didn't talk to them. He didn't play with them. He cast them out of his, of his way, out of people who were being tormented, who were sick and infirmed. Everywhere Jesus went, it said he healed all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Jesus is our role model. When he's in your heart, you're to act like him, talk like him, walk like him. Don't be like the seven sons of Sceva. You know what their problem was, don't you? Seven sons of Sceva, they were acting out. They were hypocrites. 
they were not 100% for Jesus, not a whole heart for Jesus. What they did was they saw that there was power in Jesus' name, right? We have the name, we have the word of God, and we have the blood of Jesus that we use. But you know what? They saw other people being delivered, and they wanted the power. I met someone one time. He was fascinated. You know, uh, he was a husband, or she divorced him, but um, of a friend of mine that I mentored. And you know what was interesting about him? He was so fascinated, came from another culture, but he always wanted to see the power of God. He was one of those people like, just show me the power. He didn't so much want to give his heart to the Lord. He just wanted the power of God. Well, the seven sons of Sceva, they they went ahead and they tried to cast demons out, right? The Bible says that the demon spoke to them and said, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? When you go to pray for pray for someone and you get attacked afterwards, like the devil's taking revenge on you, honey, you better check what's going on in your life because he's not allowed to do that unless you have some holes open in your heart and in your mind. Is there unforgiveness that will open a hole in your life? Is there unforgiveness in you? Are you just playing? Are you like a hypocrite? You're living in two worlds? You better get your heart right and straight with God. And you can do that through listening prayer. Draw nigh to God and he'll draw near to you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Our focus, though, is not on demons. We don't draw attention to ourselves by engaging in warfare, principalities, and powers. Principalities and powers, Paul said, we are to wear an armor against them, but we are to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We are to have on our shoes shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Our heart needs to be protected. You know, we put on a breastplate, which means that that heart of ours is protected. We put on a helmet of salvation. We know that we're saved. We're children of God. Our shoes are with the gospel of peace. We put up the shield of faith. Faith is believing God. You know, God is our rear guard. We've got a helmet on, got our shoes on, got a belt of truth on the truth. We know the truth. We know who we are. You're you're packed down, man. Have you ever seen anyone packed down? Like when you go somewhere, they wear like a body armor underneath of them because they have to go into battle. Well, when you watch someone in, in the military, if you've ever watched any of that or seen, or maybe you were in the military, you know that they don't walk into a battle without their armor, with their without their weapons. They don't walk in, you know, without being protected. They have people backing them up, catching their back. They have a plan, a strategy. They don't just walk into a warfare and open themselves up. Well, why would you do that? Why are you ignorant of the word of God? Because there's something in your life, there's a portal open in your life, in your heart, your mind. That portal of the enemy is coming through, attacking you every time. You need to shut that door now in the name of Jesus. You need to renounce everything you've ever been in in your life. You need to go before God and repent and say, Lord, repent means with sorry, sorrowful. It's not just, I'm sorry, it's sorrowful. It's like, Lord, whatever door is open, man, I'm closing it now. I renounce and name that. It could be drugs. It could be sins of the heart. It could be unforgiveness. Whatever it is, it could be, um, you know, just anything. If you're depressed, you're, you're moaning, you're complaining, you're griping, you need to repent of that. It could be little things, big things, whatever. In God's mind, it's really all the same. It's all sin, okay? Um, but it could be even idolatry. You know, many people are their own idols. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that they worship the creature instead of the creator. That's idolatry. 
So he turned them over to the lust of their flesh, to their, their wickedness, and let them, they lusted after one another. You know, men were with men, women with women. So he said, I turn them up. So turn them over to what they want to do. I'm not going to, I'm going to let them have their way. That's pretty terrible when God turns you over. Okay. So what you want to do is you want to just right now say, Father, of any known sin that I know I'm doing, I repent of that. I turn from that and turn to you and ask you to forgive me and cleanse me, purify me. And then say, any hidden sins of the heart. You know, there's sins that we know we commit. Like everybody misses the mark once in a while. We have to go to God as a child of God and ask him to forgive us. But there are sins of the heart, the Bible says. Keep me back, he says. Keep me back from those sins. Those are sins of the heart. And you know, I was looking those sins up the other day and I was thinking about them. I was like, Lord, what kind of sin is that? And he says, cleanse me in Psalm 51. Have mercy on me according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me of my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. You can use Psalm 51, excuse me, as a prayer. For I know, Lord, I know my transgression and my sin is always before me. So he knew what he was doing. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you, so that you are proved right when you speak and justify when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth. So even he said I was born in sin. I, I think this is an unusual um, psalm because he's saying I was born, in other words, with a, a tendency or a sin nature. I was born in sin from my mother's womb. That's what he's saying. A sinful at birth um, and conceived, who conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner part. Surely, God, there's an inner person in us that, you know, sins that we don't even know, okay? So you, you say, Lord, cleanse me from that, from that sin, from my, from my, um, my um i i want to i want to say in vitro i want to say the the baby in the womb this is a mystery but the child the baby in the womb i i don't quite understand all of it but I know the lord has been dealing with me on this that whatever happens to the mother affects the baby and of course the baby is a baby and cannot communicate right um yet it doesn't have the intellect developed to do that but still the spirit of that baby is alive to god so keep me back lord from sins of the heart even when i was in the womb sinful from the time my mother conceived me surely you desire truth in the inner parts teach me wisdom in the in part in most part cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, Lord, and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me, notice that, a pure heart. That's That creative heart means that new creation in Christ. When you're born of the Spirit of God and you've confessed your sin, you've taken Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've asked him to forgive you. You're a born-again Christian now. And so that what that's what that means, creating a pure heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. It says, Do not cast me from my from your presence, or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and grant me a willing spirit. Notice, Lord, make me willing to serve you and sustain me. Then I will teach transgress your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me. And my tongue will sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. These sacrifices of 
God, or a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Notice that God wasn't asking for religious rituals. He wasn't saying that pleased me. You know, like, okay, we've got so many holy days. See, under the law, it was very difficult. In the old covenant before Christ came and before his agreement with God, after he shed his blood for us and died, which is amazing, <laughs> you know, we can enter into a relationship with the Father because of Jesus. That's who, you know, Hebrews chapter 8 says we're not under that. This temporary old covenant was temporary. God said in Jeremiah, I'm going to create a new agreement between you and God. So this new agreement is not under the law, which meant they had to bring sacrifices, blood and bulls, bulls and goats. And they had to sacrifice. They had to do, but he says, I love this. This is an old covenant man writing this. He says, the sacrifices are a broken spirit. Notice when you have an act of a brokenness in your heart, like, Lord, I am sorry. I see my sin. I don't want to do that anymore. He'll not despise it, Lord. So it, it says in verse 18, I'm reading from Psalm 51, in, in your good pleasure, make Zion prosper. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then there will be righteous sacrifices. Whole burnt offerings delight you. Then bulls will be offered in your altar. With a right heart, he said, bring these sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving. But it has to be after you've created uh, that pure renewal in me, Lord, and my thoughts are right in you and my heart is right with you. My whole heart is given to you. Then, Lord, I will understand and you'll teach me your ways. And, and you, you've, you've said to me, Lord, to come to you in Jesus' name and I will come. How do we pray, Jesus? We pray in his name. We pray um, Christ being our intercessor who lives to make intercessions, Hebrews 7 24 through 25. We pray through him. So we call upon the name of the Lord and we say, Lord, here am I. In Jesus' name, I come before you, Father. See, God is your Father now and you are his child. So you can approach him because of Jesus through his blood, right? He has sacrificed on the cross for you and shed for you. So when we come to God, we come through a whole heart that's been cleansed. So use Psalms 51 as your model, all right? Um, a second part is when you confess your sins to him, that makes you acceptable now to God, okay? Don't curse yourself. Don't go back in your past and dig up, drag up some dead thing that you have already been forgiven of. I'm not suggesting that at all. You know, the thing you got to do is remember, the best part is Jesus every day. So we need to sit at his feet. And sometimes we get busy and we don't make him first in our lives. But you know Mary and Martha, the friends of Jesus? Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they were friends. Well, one day Martha was busy working and serving. And she said, Lord, make my sister help me, right? And he said, no, Mary was sitting at his feet. And you know, she's chosen the best part. Are you choosing the best part? That's what listening prayer is all about, is choosing to listen to the Father. It's not talking. It's not talking. All right? So presumption is taking for granted something or believing something without searching out all the facts. So people are presumptuous. And they often, Christians often say, well, this is, this is how it is, or this is how it's going to be, this is what I'm supposed to do, or they have a thought or an idea that is false, and it's not, it's not at all what God wants them to do. But they have believed a lie, okay? 
and they have accepted uh, something false, all right? And they don't know what the truth is, right? So another psalm that I like is Psalms, um, again, it's another one, there's two, Psalm 71, which says, In you, O Lord, I've taken refuge. Never let me but to shame. Rescue me and deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me and save me. In that psalm, he says, from, in verse 6, from birth, I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. Again, I will ever praise you. Again, he's saying, in the birth, in the womb. So that leads me to believe that God, there's something that happens in the womb with a baby, with the mother. I know the circumstances that surrounded my mother, my mother when she was pregnant with me. I know she she shared some of those, you know, over the years, and it sounded like it, my mother had a very uh, troublesome time, okay? And uh, that can affect the baby in the womb in many ways. Um, so I don't know how I'm getting on that, but <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. But So in the world, the Bible says, we'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for God has overcome the world and deprived it of power to harm us. So when we have listening prayer, we come with the attitude that we know the word of God. We're not prideful. We're not presumptuous. We're searching out a matter. We want to know the truth from an error. And we're not going to assume anything or presume anything. That's ridiculous. We're not going to say, God, this is how my life, my lot is in life. This is how it's going to be. Or I'm doing something for God now. And so this is what he wants for my life. No, we seek out a matter. We can't mixture. There can't be a mixture. I see a false prophetic and divination with divination. Praying witchcraft prayers is praying against someone's will. You can't pray your will on anyone. Just just so you know. Um, no, freedom, that free moral choice, God has given everyone. So when we pray, we pray by the Holy Spirit in us, who, who prays through us, Jesus being our intercessor. And so we pray in the Spirit, and that way we know we're praying the divine will, um, counsel of God. But the flesh can deceive, and you can get into trying to seek an answer, let's say, without going to God personally. So you're trying to find answers outside another way. That's called witchcraft. <laughs> That's actually, God anger is angered by that because there's trouble in the church right now through compromising. People will not uh, receive the true counsel of the word of God. They don't know it. So they kind of mix the false with the true. And you can't do that. Um, God is one God. He has a true gift of prophecy. And that operates correctly. All right. So if you're not blooming or you're not, I'm going to say blossoming or there's not fruit in your life or the right kind of fruit, something's wrong. Okay. God, the idea of, of, of bearing fruit means you're fruitful, means you're mature, you're ripe, and you have gone through some things in life where you've given your whole life over to God and you want to serve him. You might be, everybody's in a different place. You might be at the beginning of that, the middle of that, or the end of that. Or you may have gone past that and perhaps you don't understand why you're in the place you're in or you haven't heard God speak to you. So I hope to encourage you. I hope to encourage you. We want to hear God's voice. We want the true gift of the Spirit of God because God can speak to us. The Bible tells us that the entrance of your word gives light. And I love I love Psalms 119 about light. And that's I love that word light. And, and I want to do a little expounding on that for you. 
when I think Jesus is the light of the world, and Jesus has brought light, the light of God to us in our spirits, the love, light, and light of God, I, I want you to hear this, that, that it, it means that when God's word, when you open the Bible, it, it will bring explanation. You'll have understanding. Um, even all of us who are simple, we don't know a lot. <laughs> you don't have to have five degrees behind your name, you know. Understanding means clarity. Um, it means we get it, you get it. You're not drifting off the mark of the Word of God. You're right in the center of God's will. You're not moving away from the truth. You're not running from the truth. You're not, you know, a, a vagabond spirit running around, you know, never completing anything you start. You, if you have a project, finish it from beginning to end, okay? If you have a job, do your job. See, some people are of the illusion that are deceived that that if they're in, you know, in a job or they're working or something, it doesn't really matter how they do that job. It doesn't matter. They're a Christian. You're, you're not a good example. Did you know that? If you're moaning, complaining, and crying to God about working, there's something wrong because work is good for you. Having a job is good for you. It gives you order. It gives you a perspective. It makes you complete something you've started. So you want a job, all right? Whether you're, you don't, not everyone's called to full-time ministry. And if you are called to a full-time ministry, believe me, you may not be getting any money or pay from it. So you still have to work a job. So for anyone that's foolish, I just want to send that over to you, please. The entrance of God's word brings light. So when you open God's word, the Bible, you see God's direction for you. The Holy Spirit is there and you grasp it. It's like that, that means light. That means it's conveyed to you. You grasp it. You perceive it. You take hold of it and you seize it. And man, oh man, do you appreciate it. You know it. You have this awareness of it. You see through things. You can interpret them. It's very straightforward. God's light. God communicates divine truth to us through his word. And he discloses and you will see discovered things that you'll discover you've never seen before. All right, I love the word light because the light is the spiritual illumination. It is the truth that Jesus gives us. In him was life and the life was the light of men. That's John 1, 4, light. When you think of light, you think of the opposite, which would be darkness or in the Bible, that would be death or evil. So the word is a lamp unto my feet and, and a light from my path, Psalm 119. It will guide you. Um, it will show you the way. Even Jesus, when I think of his name, um, it means, uh, or Joshua, Yah saves. Yahshua, Yahweh, a name like Yahweh, saves. He, he rescues. It's alive. Even his name means rescue. He's rescuing you right now. He's rescuing me right now. The entrance of his word brings light to you. And I want to share something with you. God is light. He has his, when you think of God, think of divine radiance, his presence, his power, his authority. You want to come into that place every day with him and just simply on your face in listening prayer, Lord, here am I. Like I said, go to the word, you know, praise him, worship him, you know, have, have an opportunity, whether you want to record it or write it. I like to write in a journal, but have a way of responding, listening to him and responding by writing down what he's telling you. What is a rhema, R-H-E-M-A word? Well, just like right now, 
It's a specific, specific right now word the Lord gives you. It's an individual word, the rhema word. The rhema comes like while you're hearing the word or while you're reading your Bible. Let's say you're going along, you're just reading your Bible and something is quickened, it jumps out of you, a certain text, that's a right now word, but it's individual, it's for you, it speaks to you. The word that God speaks is alive, it's full of power. It's like no other book in the world. It's a living word of God. It is God speaking personally to you. If God wants to speak to you, say, I have to run over here to prophet doodad and sister so-and-so. And and if I go there, then I'll have a word. Yeah, they'll give you a word. All right. But you know what God says to you? Who's ever doing that? No, I am speaking to you now, daughter and son, and I'm speaking to you through my word. If you would open up my word, the Holy scripture, the entrance of my word would bring light to you. The word is a light and a lamp to your path. So if you want to, if you want guidance right now, you better be in the word of God, okay? Because God is light. Again, his divine radiance, his presence will come. You know, you say, well, how do you feel that? Is it feelings? Well, you come by faith. And you know, sometimes when you come to pray, it's cold. <laughs> I mean, sometimes when you walk into your time of prayer, like, oh my gosh, your body is screaming at you. Your head is talking to you. Um, you're tired, whatever. But you go anyway. You go by faith. And when you come out of there, you're so refreshed and joyous that you went in. I didn't feel like that originally, but you got that. So are you getting before the Lord in your prayer time, listening to him through prayer? But listening means being quiet, but his word is speaking to you. It's a rhema word. It's a right now word. It comes alive. It's individual. It's personal. Okay. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He, Jesus was in the beginning with God. Never forget that. Okay. The Bible talks about hanging on to the tree of life and eating and partaking when we go over on the other side and we're in that new millennial reign of Christ. One of the rewards is eating from the tree of life. That tree of life was in the Garden of Eden. Our spiritual parents blew it and they ate of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. They partook of God's enemy. You know, Satan, Lucifer, that that rebel angel, that fallen kicked out of heaven, usurper of authority of God, the antichrist, if you will. He's come down and he's cast down here and he's mad. And everything he wants to do is pervert that tree of life. It was Jesus, the word of God. When we face God, we're in his presence. We face him. I love it when it says, let your face shine upon me, Lord. That's his presence. We get to seek his face. Wow, if you stand in the holy place with the Lord in his presence every day by faith, again, you enter in by faith. You know, you say, well, I don't really feel like I can go to God. Well, I already talked to you about getting your heart cleansed. Take care of that, would you? Then go in by faith. He said, if you will remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Did you hear that promise? Jesus, Jesus said that. Jesus said that in John 15, 7 through 8. Memorize it. If you will abide, that word means remain or stay with me. Are you staying with Jesus for the long haul? And if my words remain in you. So that means you have some homework to do. 
There's some times that you put the word, you put the word, you keep putting the word in there. It's not about necessarily memorizing it as much as reading it, putting it down in your heart, and speaking it, and listening to it. What, what, what about using an app that you can hear the word? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. You're not choosing that. There's ways of putting the word down in your heart and in your mind. Just sit there all day and try to memorize line upon line. But you can hear the word. You're hearing it right now. Amen. So if you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Let that sink in for a minute. He says, by this my Father's glory, this is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit. Show yourselves to be my disciples. In other words, if you say you're a Christian, okay, you're saying you're a follower of God. You're not a hypocrite. You love Jesus. Then you go to his word because you want to hear from him. You have a dialogue, a relationship. But there's a part of that that you just listen. So I'm getting to that part. I haven't got there yet to the listening part. But I'm just kind of building up to that. I may have to do this in two parts. But there will be an increase in your life. If there's not increase in your life, if you're not blooming where you're planted, if you're not sowing, in other words, seed, if you're not giving, if you're not before the Lord in his presence, that's the greatest joy of all time. What more do you need? What more are you looking for? Are you still flashing like, oh, wow, I'm going after the things, the material world. Material world. This is a material world. This natural world. There's nothing in this natural world that can give you the life and light of God. I'm telling you, there's nothing in this world that can give you the life of God or bloom or make you bloom <laughs> or, or soar or go high spiritually. It's, it's, it's a false it's a false spirituality of this world that's trying to, you know, impersonate God. There's only one true way to God and to true spirituality. If you're trying to find life and, you know, oh, I'm looking this way, I'm looking that way, I'm looking this way. You're trying to find your identity through other people affirming you. That's your problem. If you're married right now and you say, well, my husband needs to tell me who I am. You're a fool. <laughs> I'll just tell you straight up. Your husband is a man. He's not capable and he shouldn't ever take the place of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're looking to uh, your mother, you're looking to your father, you're looking to your whatever, your significant person in your life, whoever that is, your child, um, you know, your teacher or something to give you identity, you're going to come up short, believe me, short. You're looking to a human being to tell you who you are? Wait, wait a minute. You're looking to flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. Mindset on the flesh is death. Mindset on the spirit is life and peace. The way you're going to find and enter in to life and peace is through Jesus Christ. So that means you've got to do some homework. You've got to go before God by faith. You've got to enter into his presence. You've got to listen to him. You've got to get into the word of God. You gotta seek his face. You gotta want him. You have to eat of that tree of life. And then you've gotta blossom and bloom and be fruitful. That means you're mature, you're ripe. See, if you're not mature, something's wrong. If you're older than four years old in the Lord, for me, let's say it was 
I'm going to count it. One, two, three, four. About five or six years old in the Lord, I was, I was starting to grow in the Lord. If you're older than that and you're not grown up yet, something is wrong. You need to go back to God and shift your satellite dish beam, 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 over to him. <laughs> I don't know what that was. You got to fly back over to God and say, get on your face if you have to and prostrate yourself. Prostrate yourself before God and say, Lord, here am I. Here am I again on my knees, Lord, crying out to you. I love you, Lord. Help me, Lord. I confess my sins to you, Lord. Show me. Lead and guide me. You said you would. By your word and by your spirit, I will know the truth. See, it's impossible, guys, to be in this word of God, the living word of God, to partake and eat of this word and not grow up spiritually. It is impossible, which tells me your word level is very low. See, don't focus so much on memorizing things as much as just reading the word. If you have problems focusing, Open up, get a simple translation that you really like, an easy translation, and just begin to read the Gospels out loud so you can hear yourself. I'm a teacher, and this will help you. This is a strategy I'm giving you to help you not so much memorize as put the word in your heart, and it will go in your mind. It will change you. The entrance of your word brings light. The light of God. Do you want the light of God on you? Get the word and put it in your heart. Then, if you remain with Jesus and haven't left him, some of us have been spiritual adulterers. You go, oh, no, I have committed adultery. Well, see, God looks at adultery differently, you know? He looks at kissing the mouth of Baal. That's what the Bible says. You, you've turned to many lovers. See, the children of Israel are an example for us. They, they forsook God, and they went off and worshipped idols and other gods and goddesses. God forbid, forbidden, that was forbidden, you know. They were in the land of sorcery and witchcraft and spiritism. And they, they actually bow down and build their altars right in God's face. Can you imagine that? That's what you need to think of. Anything I love more than him is an idol to God. See, God sees that as you are an adulterer. Confess spiritual adultery. Lord, I've forsaken you. Have you been disappointed? Have you been giving up on Jesus? Come back to him right now, would you? Because you will increase and you will be fruitful if you do. See, if you stay with him, if my words remain in you, if you abide in me, I, you will come to me, surely, and you will ask me, and I will give it to you. See that? Because you're not going to ask for dumb things. You know what dumb things, the Bible actually says dumb idols. You're not going to ask for the lust of the flesh. You're going to ask for the God things he wants you to have. You're going to ask for other people. You're going to be able to make heartfelt intercessions for others. You're going to let your requests for others be made known unto God. You're going to have a heart for the poor. You're going to have a heart for those who are hurting. You're going to have a heart for those who can't help themselves, the babies and the children and, and those who, who need your help. You see, you are going to have a heart for others. It's not going to be about you, your identity. Somebody come and affirm me. Tell me who I am. I'm so wonderful. You're your own idol. 
You just create your own God. You know, when I talk to people, I think, wow, so what do you think about this or that and bring up a subject? Just do it. Do it sometime. I, I, I want you to go into the marketplace. I want you to go in and invite someone for coffee, okay? And I want you to do, I want this person to be a non-believer because churchianity, church, duh, is not good. Okay, because in those churches, people are just sitting and doing nothing for Jesus. Don't let me go there. (laughs) I will, and I'll start preaching now. I can feel the preach coming on me. But what you want to do is you want to invite someone. Maybe it's your daughter's friend. Maybe it's um, a distant relative, perhaps. Or maybe it's a neighbor that you know doesn't know the Lord. They just walk by you. Or it's somebody at work that, you know, you go by every day and you see them and say, hey, how are you? You have a conversation with them. But it could be somebody you work for, and you might do a, a, a task for them. And so, hey, sometime let's go out and have coffee. And then I want you to listen to them, not talk. Ask them about themselves. And then I want you to say, well, you know what? I'm really glad I got to know you a little bit. Find out. Find out about them. But when you bring up something, make sure you're prepared. You know what you're talking about. Don't just go off with some thing. Know that you are walking into the enemy's territory and that you are wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove, and you're listening to them. And then you might say, well, can I pray for you about something? Start a conversation with that and go from there. But the way you become fruitful in the kingdom of God is by doing the works of Jesus. So pray, pray, pray about this and say, Lord, who do you want me to engage with? Who do you want me to talk to? And don't make it a fly-in, fly-out kind of thing. Like, I just fly in. Hi, how are you? Hey, did anybody ever tell you about Jesus? And then fly out. Don't do that. No, because that doesn't cost you anything. What costs you is to pursue. And if it's not happening, there's a curse there. So what you need to do is say, Lord, where have I been held back Where have I missed the mark here where I cannot engage with others? Because many times there are spiritual wounds and emotional wounds in people where they can't trust and they don't even know they're projecting that rejection. And sometimes they they are judging other people too quickly. They're not, they're not, they're kind of phony. You know, you kind of come across as a phony to people. People like real. Did you ever notice that? They don't like you if you're a phony. So it's best to just be you. Now you may engage with somebody who's a church person, but they don't know much about the Holy Spirit or maybe they need to know about them. So that's your job. Praise God. You're full of the Spirit of God and you will approach the throne of grace and you will find confidence that says in Hebrews 4.16, you will receive mercy and grace and help in time of need. Amen. So we thank the Lord for the prayer of faith in Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, 25, and 26. If you're on my prayer call, oftentimes you will hear me say, I speak to in the name of Jesus. You go, where did you get that? Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, 25, and 26. Again, Mark 11, 22 through 26. You will read that for yourselves. I'm not going to do it for you. And study the prayer of the way Jesus told us to speak. Jesus, again, is our model. We don't get into trouble when we follow him, okay? So he, you can come against things in the name of Jesus when you speak to it. So see Jesus. I, You know, 
in, in all the years I, I've been a Christian, I think I had two visions of him. And it wasn't of all of him, but one was when I was hospitalized and I was on my deathbed. And in that place, in, it was way back in 1977, I was praying and I opened, like I went to sleep and in a dream, in a glass darkly, it says, I saw in the, I'm a seer, S-E-E-R, in the realm of spirit, but I saw from a distance, it was him, but all I could see was his eyes, just the eyes for a nanosecond was boom, and in his eyes were pools, like, of just, I don't know, love, I, I need to remember that, just love, 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 like, he got it, he knew it, he knew me in a second. I, he knew everything about what I was going through. There were no words. It was just he showed up to let me know, I love you. And I was out of that hospital in 10 days. So another time was in 2005 and 2006. I had invited all these women over uh, to uh, a prayer meeting in my home, a house church meeting. My son was pr- actually present at that time. And I was praying for all them. They were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And we were having meetings or worshiping God. I led worship. And that night, the Spirit of God fell in that place, that the home, in my home. And I literally I felt like, oh my gosh, if, I, if my spiritual eyes were opened, I would have seen him. That's how thick the glory cloud rolled in there. That was after, this was after almost a year, really, of being down um in my home down there, down here in uh, Virginia. And so what happened was, um, I said to my son, there was a, like a holy hush or a holy fear of God on me. And I was like, I don't, I can't, I need to go off to my room and shut the door. My husband was working up north and I was down here. My son had been traveling across the United States and he went upstairs to his room and I went downstairs. Literally that night I went to sleep and I don't know if I was it was a dream or if I was in my body or out of my body. All I know is suddenly I was my face was on the ground and I was at the feet of Jesus. And I saw him smile. It was again one of those but this time I was like I, I I am such a chicken, a coward in this way, okay? I am not your girl for this, okay? I just, I'm not, I'm, I'm solely trusting you to get me and admit, and I'm admitting this to you. But while in that second, it was like, it's like a second in time. I don't know, how, more than it's a second. And it was like, we had just had the prayer meeting, right? And, and we were worshiping him and like he smiled and I saw him smile. I couldn't see anything else, just a smile. Now, unfortunately, I, when the flesh comes in contact, when I say unfortunately for me, not for him, he's God. But when my flesh came in contact with this vision, I literally screamed. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I ran up the stairs and pounded on my son's door. I said, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, open the door, open the door, open the door, open the door, open the door. I I, I, I couldn't speak, I couldn't talk. When you come in contact with with something like this, you don't treat it like, oh, yeah, I saw Jesus. Yeah, right. No, you didn't. If you came in contact with the power and presence of God, sweetheart, you are on your face in holy fear in awe of him. I'm just going to say that because this has only happened to me like a couple of times in my lifetime. And each time it was um, just awe. I was awestruck and I fell out. I mean, I screamed. Like, yeah. 
So I'm going to go on with that next thing. So I'm going to skip on now and keep moving because I'm going to close this. But the Lord wants us to understand that we can hear him and we can get direction from him. When we don't hear his voice, when we don't hear him speaking to us, something's wrong. Either we need to go back to square one, back to the when he first told us what to do and we're not doing it. Or we need to ask him, where are these holes, I call them soul holes, open in my life that's preventing me from hearing you? Because if you're sitting in the presence of God and you hear nothing, there's a block on your part. It's not on God's part. There's something blocked up. So I say, go to God and repent of that. Say, Lord, um, make me willing and help me to hear your voice again. Simple prayers like that. And then be quiet. Be quiet in his presence. Don't speak. And listen. Listen. And listen to him through his word. He will direct you through his word. He will speak to you in many ways through others. He will actually have people come that are anointed to give you a confirmation or a word in that sense. But you, you don't have to worry. You, when you're a child of God, you are accepting the beloved, you know? And he loves you with an everlasting love. He's not against you. You know, he's not against you. He's for you. If God be for me, I want you to say that. Who can be against me? If God be on my side, I will not fear. What can man do unto me? You see? So I'm going to stop there because this might have to be done in several parts. And again, I'm just warming up. So I'm going to be talking more about listening prayer. And uh, and I, I want to end with prayer right now. And I want, I want to pray... Um, out of this book I'm reading, um, a repentance, a kind of changing our hearts and minds, Lord Jesus. We come before you on this prayer, time of prayer and uh, podcast with you, Lord, in praise and thanksgiving. First of all, come Holy Spirit, hear my prayer, Lord. Hear the prayers right now of the people on this call. Be gracious, Father. We pray for the church right now, your church, Lord, your body of Christ, your people, Lord your beloved, your bride. We ask you to fill the church with truth. Purify the church and the people of error. Direct the church of anything where they're amiss. Reform the church. Bring reformation and resurrect the church again to be a mighty force, Lord, in this earth before you return, Lord. Bring a great revival, a great awakening to our country in America. Strengthen us, strengthen us, Lord Jesus. And we pray and we confess to you the sins, Lord, of this of this church time in this world, in our culture, and the church, Lord. Open the hearts, Lord, oh God, so we may truly, truly be humble and confess our sins. And, and we come against arrogance and rebellion, turning away from you and presumption, presumption, Lord, we confess this as sin. We ask for your mercy right now, Father. Forgive us and make us willing, Lord. So we confess the sins, Lord, right now. Just do that right now, would you? Anything on our part, failure, Lord, we confess it. We ask for mercy for our prideful rejection of the truth of your word revealed in your scripture, Lord. 
We confess this as sin. We ask for your mercy. Of any oppression on this call, or depression I come against, or failure to love, which fulfills everything we shall love. And Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name right now. And guys, I just thank you for being on this podcast with me. I pray that you pray for me too. And I love to hear your voice on our prayer call and um, different projects that I'm working on right now to complete them. I'm on this assignment with the Lord. And I thank you for um, following me and for sharing my podcast. And Paula prays for such a time as this. God bless you. And I'll be talking to you later.